Hello, Keen. Happy Sabbath, Southwestern. I am really glad that I can be here on Friday night. I remember when I used to live here, when I studied here, I loved coming to Keen Church on Friday night. Uh, it was always a special moment. And wow, what a privilege to be with you here tonight. Right at the beginning, I want to ask you a question. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of something? What are you afraid of? I heard a big yes. What are you afraid of? When you were so like, yes, I'm sure you have something. What are you, what are you guys afraid of? Are you afraid of anything? Snakes, yeah. Texas, wrong place to be if you're afraid of snakes. I have two things that all my life were like the biggest, scariest things for me. Number one, heights. I never liked heights. And when I came to Southwestern, they uh, put me um, on the roof and, say, and told me, you're going to be roofer. A horrible choice. Um, I remember the first time when I went on the roof and I started shaking and uh, it was horrible. But I learned and I love mountains. And yeah, for someone who is afraid of heights, not the best place to be. But I love mountains so much that in spite of my fear, I have to climb to the top. And my second thing that I was always really, really scared, afraid of my whole life, was being in front of people and speaking. So I guess I, I picked the wrong job. We are chasing wisdom. We are trying to decide and find out what is wisdom. And yesterday we started with the fact that wisdom, it's complicated, right? But then we found something that is, is that sure place where wisdom starts. And we went into the Garden of Eden and we met God in the Garden of Eden. And today we are going to go to one guy who is very, very smart, who was very, very smart. He wrote several wisdom books. These books, we call them wisdom books because they are very smart and he was very smart. And you all know who am I talking about. We're going to go to Book of Proverbs and we'll look at the son of David, King Solomon. So if you have your Bibles with you, open with me, book of Proverbs. We're going to be at the very, very beginning, chapter 1. And our question today is, so what about that wisdom? What is this wisdom? Where does it start? Yesterday we talked about God. What else? Before I'm going to read from this text, let me pray with you one more time. Our Holy Father, again, what a privilege that tonight we can learn something more about you, that tonight we can open your word. And so right now I ask you and I invite you to be here with us as we listen to you. Thank you. Amen. So book of Proverbs, it tells us right from the beginning, this is a book written by Solomon. He's the son of David, king of Israel. And then he gives us a little summary of who are the people that this is written for. Right in verses 2, 3, 4, he says this is a really great book for, and then he has a list of people uh, that should read this book. And you can probably find your name somewhere on this list. And then in verse 7, he summarizes the whole book. The book is about wisdom, right? So he told us, I'm the author, this is my audience, and now in one sentence, I'm going to summarize the entire book. And it's a very famous verse, and... Look what it says, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. 
And I'm sure that you probably heard about fear of the Lord, fear of God, and maybe you heard sermons, and maybe you heard people tell you, this is very common, people say, well, that's not really a good translation. It's not fear. It's awe. It's, and people come up with some other synonyms. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but in Hebrew, it actually means fear. That word can actually means to be so scared that you shake and you cannot move. That's what it is there. It says, fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. So what does that mean, to be afraid of the Lord, when this is the beginning of this wisdom? In the Old Testament, we have two very important uh, commandments that are tied to fear. The commandment number one that repeats a lot throughout the Old Testament is, you are not to be afraid. So many times, Abraham, God tells him, do not be afraid. Moses, don't be afraid. Joshua, when he's entering the land, and we know that this is a very scary place, and there are going to be these giants, and God tells him, you are not to be afraid. This is going to be very, very bad if you're you going to be afraid. Right? That's number one. In fact, we go to New Testament. Uh, fear is put so high that it's almost sin. When John talks about fear, he says, this is missing the mark. This is a horrible thing. So, on one hand, there is a commandment, don't be afraid, and it's wrong to be afraid. But then there is a second one. And the second one is, you have to be afraid of the Lord. So, what is this fear? What does that mean? When we are not to be afraid of these giants in Israel when we enter there, but we are to be afraid of the Lord. I want to look at that other fear, and once we understand that other fear, I think we'll understand what it means to be afraid of the Lord. I'll jump to the book of Matthew, and let's listen to Jesus for a minute. In Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, uh, we have a very, very famous um, sermon, Sermon on the Mountain uh, by Jesus. And in verses, starting in verse 25, Jesus talks about fear. And this is that other fear, that negative fear, that fear that is almost sin. And he says, I am telling you, don't be afraid about your life and don't be afraid about your body. So there are two things, your life and your body. And then he summarizes it. Your life, what you are to eat or what you are to drink and your body, what you are going to wear. It's not life more than food and your body more than clothing. Then he gives an example about birds. Uh, then he gives an example about flowers. He says, look at the field, at the beautiful flowers. Uh, Texas, the blue bunnies. Wow, what a, what a beautiful scene, right? And then Jesus says here, and all those flowers, then we take a lawnmower, we cut it all, it burns. And he says, and God cares about those. And they are more beautiful than Solomon in all of his glory. And then he repeats that. Therefore, I tell you, do not be afraid saying, what will I eat, what will I drink, and what will I wear? Now, probably most of you grew up in um, well-to-do families. Maybe, maybe your parents are not rich, but I'm not sure if you experience poverty. Maybe some of you here experience poverty. And so maybe you think that, okay, this text, that's for those people, homeless people, people who don't have enough, people that we send money to. I've never was afraid of what I'm going to eat tomorrow, what I'm going to drink. 
Now, then we should ask a question, is this text even for us? And if we want to find out for whom this text actually is, we need to find out where this fear comes from. Where, first time in the Bible, we find this fear, what am I going to eat? And you know where? In the garden. Eve. Eve is the first one that is afraid. What am I going to eat? And it's not because she didn't have enough. She had plenty. But she saw this tree and she's like, I'm missing something. It's like that advertising, right? It's like, if you go to our restaurant, you're missing out if you don't come. Your life will be fulfilled. And suddenly we realize, wow, this is not only for people who don't have enough. This is not only for homeless people. This is for us. Where are we going to eat tonight? When you go to Dallas, all those restaurants, are we going to have Mexican or Indian? Ah, Indian food, love Indian food. But out of all those restaurants that have Indian options, then we Google and we read all the reviews and we spend an hour trying to decide because we leave this text and it's for us. And what, what we are to wear. And, and you probably already know what it is about. Sabbath morning, you open the closet and it's like, what am I going to wear today? What if today I can meet that girl or that guy and then you put on the clothing and then you go in front of a mirror and you look at the mirror and then you take everything off because that's not it. And suddenly we realize that to be afraid of these three things, what I'm going to wear, it starts from the very beginning. And then we go to the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, and we have this church called Odyssey and we know it's really about us. And when people in Laodicea, when we look at ourselves, what do people in Laodicea say? Do you remember the text? They say, we are rich. We don't need anything, right? We, we don't worry. And then Jesus looks at them and he says, nah, you are poor. You need to come to me because I have the clothing. Same problem from the beginning all the way to the end. What am I going to wear? What am I going to drink? And so how do we solve this fear, this obsession? And now you see that the fear is not really because you're lacking something. It's not really because the food is going to attack you. It's not really because you, you are lacking something. How do we solve this? And as everything in the Bible, where do we solve everything in the Bible? We solve it right in the center. We solve it at this beautiful place called Golgotha, called the cross. And when you read this story about Jesus, and you all know from your religion courses and from your sermons that what Jesus does on the cross, he takes what we deserve. He, he lives our life, right? From the beginning to the end, Jesus lives our life. And so we come to the cross and we look up on the cross and we see Jesus on the cross. And we don't have a lot of descriptions. We don't really know how Jesus looked like. Uh, I know that some people think and they told me that I look like Jesus. In fact, uh, one famous painter uh, in Michigan came to me once and he says, you know what, I am looking for a, a model for Jesus. You are it. So we have some, some image of, oh, this is how Jesus looked like. But in reality, from the Bible, we don't know. And he probably didn't look at, like me at all, right? Um, so what do we know about him? When we are at the cross and we are reading the text, how does he look like? What is, what is he like? And those few things that we know about him, what about his clothing? Do you remember? 
How does he look like on the cross? There we know he's naked. What will you wear when you open the closet on Sabbath morning? And how is Jesus looking on the cross? He's naked. And what about that other question about your body? What will you drink? How do we meet Jesus on the cross? And we know he is, he even said that, he's thirsty. And suddenly we solve our problem, we solve our fear. Because we start fearing someone else. We start obsessing with someone else. The question in the morning when, when you go to church is not what will I wear, but whom I'm going to meet there. Am I going to meet God there? Am I going to come to the cross and give up my fear? Because Jesus already paid for my fears. When I was afraid, what am I going to wear? Jesus was there, naked. And when I was afraid, what am I going to eat? Which restaurant am I going to pick from all of those options? When I was afraid of the heights, when I was afraid of speaking in front of the people, when I was afraid of the snakes, someone here is afraid of snakes, Jesus was there on the cross. And we don't know a lot about him. We don't really know how he looked like. But we know he was up there and he solved our main problems that started in Eden and went all the way to the cross. What is wisdom? Wisdom is fear. But wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is not fear of these other things. It's not fear for my life. It's not fear for my body. What will I wear? What will I eat? You know, which guy am I going to date? Which school am I going to go to? What job am I going to have? How am I going to pay for Southwestern, all these bills coming in? Those are not the fears. The fear that we are supposed to fear of, the real fear, the real obsession that should take over our life is the fear of God. And that's wisdom. Our God, I want to thank you that on the cross, you went there and all our fears, you took them up there. You were there and we meet you there naked, hungry and thirsty. So that we don't have to be afraid of all those things. We don't have to be afraid of the giants in Canaan. We don't have to be afraid of the tests from math and physics. We can be afraid of you. And that's the true wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for paying the price for our fears. Amen.